particularly because it's such a well-known verse. It's a verse that, that um, we hear all the time. And so we want to maybe dig through it a little bit and say, hey, let's look at it with fresh eyes. Uh, let's see what it speaks to our lives. And that verse is Matthew chapter 7, and it is verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. I have the ESV. We'll do what we've done on most occasions, uh, particularly as we look at one verse. I just want to read it in several different uh, versions. So uh, let's start with the ESV. The ESV. Who has the ESV and can read Matthew chapter 7, verse 12? There you go. Miss Nancy, go ahead. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is the golden rule. I like that. The golden rule is not he who has the gold makes the rules. That's not the golden rule, right? This is the golden rule. So, uh, so that's ESV. Do you have any other, um, any other, ver- let's do, yes, what do you, New American Standard. Therefore, however, you want people to treat you, so treat them this Okay, great. Um, anybody else? Uh, what, what version do you have, Shani? Okay, the message. It says, here's a simple rule of um, God for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Mm, I like that. Um, anybody, so we've had N, uh, New American Standard, we've got ESV, we've got the message. Have yeah, we done NIV? Yeah, NIV. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law in the I like that. There's a part of the, that, that in that version that I definitely want to, to look at for just a second. Um, let's see. King James Version. So we recognize this as the golden rule, right? Um, how many have heard of the golden rule before? Before today? That's, that's probably everybody in this room. If you hang around church long enough, you're going to hear the golden rule. And so what we want to do is we want to look at it. Because lots of times the things that are very familiar to us, we miss out on the beauty of some of that. We miss out... Just out of familiarity, for example, um, I see my son, my son Jonathan, for example. Uh, I, I know Gabriel's tall. I see John, and I don't see how fast he's growing. And then he stands next to me, and we're looking eye to eye. And I'm like, when did that happen? But everyone around me who doesn't see him as often is like, he's growing so fast. And I'm like, no, <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> But it's that familiarity that just kind of, you, you, you just kind of glaze over it. And it does. So what I want to do is I don't want to just look at it, oh, yeah, 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 we know what the golden rule is, let's, let's breeze over it and move on. 
I kind of really want to do kind of take it step by step. So there, let's go step by step. And the very first step is to recognize what the very first word in the golden rule is. So out of the different versions, what's the very first word in that section? First word. So there's some that say do, some say so, some say therefore, right? And that's what I really want to focus on. There's this word, and it before we even get to do, because we're going to get to do in just a second, there's this word so, or it's also what? Therefore. Why do you think that one word is important? Cause and effect. Tell me more. Aha. See, that's what I want. I don't want you to miss that because sometimes we do miss that. We do miss that. So we do miss that. Therefore, and like I've said before, when we see the word therefore, we need to see what it's therefore, there right? And so again, we've talked. We've talked about this a lot uh, as I've as I've taught about the, the context of the verse that therefore tells you that this is not just a standalone verse and we do a disservice sometimes by just making it like because I've seen in some uh, Bible um, in some versions of the Bible it has a section on, on God being a good father and then it has a, a lo- another little section and it says the golden rule and it just has this one verse and it kind of makes it look like it's a standalone verse but it isn't. It has the context of what is around it. So I want you at your tables knowing, understanding the context of what this, uh, what's around it, understanding that this is connected to the verses above it. I want you at your tables for like two or three minutes just to tell me what that connection is. Why is that therefore there? What's he trying to say? What's the lesson he's trying to say? He's saying this, therefore this. So I want you to examine that for literally two minutes. Uh, I will, I'll even set a two-minute timer. Um, okay, maybe I won't set a two-minute timer. Go ahead. Again, some of your Bibles say so, some of your Bibles say therefore, some don't even have that word and start with do. But we're going we're gonna to go with what my ESV has, and it has the word so. So what's that so therefore? What's the connection? The golden rule is do unto others before they, not before they do to you, that's wrong. <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do to you. So what's, what's that connection? What's, wait, so it's... I like that. God's good to you, so you be good to others. God's good to you and you're bad, so you need to be good to others even when... Even though you're bad. Even though you're bad and even though maybe they're bad. That's great, great. I love that. Somebody else. Yes, sir. I love that. And this fulfillment of the law, and we see this at the very end of the verse, is this idea of... Do to others as you want them to do to you. Is this an example of you get what you... I would say yes and no. I think that's a very... There's definitely some of that... uh, You sow what you reap. You reap what you sow. Sorry, I had that backwards. Take that. (laughs) Obviously not a farmer. Probably some farmers in the room. 
Sorry, didn't mean to get that backwards. Uh, But you reap what you sow. So I think there's some element of that. But I think it's something even deeper. And I think Ray was kind of really hitting that. And it's this idea that God is good. And honestly, we are sinful humanity. And God still treats us with grace. When I say treats us with grace, what are the things that come to your mind? Forgiveness. Mercy. Compassion. He gives us all those things, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, that we don't deserve. That's His grace. If I deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. God gives me all those things that we could list forever that I don't deserve. Therefore, so... I'm supposed to do the same to my fellow man. I don't, and I don't always get that right. I, I, I don't always um, extend that grace uh, to others. Um, <clears throat> ultimately, when we live out the golden rule, guess what we're doing? We're honoring God, yes, but we are displaying the very character of God, the very character of Christ. This is something we'll talk about in a minute because Christ is the epitome of living out the golden rule. And there are moments when I do not extend grace. And in that moment, I don't look much like Jesus. I don't look much like my father. Yes, ma'am. Yes. No, it, it says actually something a little different. It doesn't say treat them the way that they treat you. It says it can be it can be twisted that way a little bit, and that's dangerous because then it's oh, it's justification. You treated me bad, now I'm going to treat you bad. I've got the justification to be mean back. Right, and that's definitely that's definitely not what we're looking at here because if someone's mean to me, ultimately I don't want them to be mean to me. So I need to do to them, I need to show them the way I want to be treated and that's by extending them grace and extending them love and extending them kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that kind of stuff does twinkle even at me. Uh, but it's again, it's this is a really radical idea because it is not the way that we live our lives today. Uh, if if we were writing the golden rule today, it again, it, I jokingly said it earlier, but we we might write "do unto others before they do unto you," right? Or we might write "do unto others as they do unto you," and again, it's that it's that. Vindication. It's that I don't want to be treated bad, and so if you're going to treat me bad, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to treat you bad. But that's not the. Yeah, and and but ultimately we we find it's clarification in the life of Christ. Yeah, and and for example, we see Christ at the moment of in the time around his crucifixion, in the time around his trial. When he could have been very vindictive, when he could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him in the garden, and he doesn't. And he walks out this life that ends up in his sacrifice for our forgiveness. And I think that's definitely a living out of the golden rule. Yeah, it says in everything. 
What does that mean? Sure. That is that in everything category because we sometimes we want to silo out our lives and think, well, that really only applies like on Sundays, right? That's just like a Sunday thing, right? But on Monday, man, you come at me, I'm coming at you. There's a problem with that because that's not living a life that is wholly true. We're, we're living a double life. What the verse is saying is in everything. Is that hard? Yes, it's hard. It's hard to be gracious when the server gets your order wrong three times. Right? And I'm seething on the inside. And on the outside, I'm saying, in everything, and everything, and everything, and everything, and everything. In everything. In everything. Deal with others the way you want them to deal with you. Guess In everything. Guess where it extends to? It extends to our relationship with our children. Or grandchildren, or great-grandchildren, right? I remember, what I want someone to yell at me because I accidentally spilt my milk. I'm lactose intolerant, I don't drink milk, so this is a hypothetical situation. <laughs> but would I want that? The answer is, no. I didn't do it on purpose. But when we deal with our kids or our grandkids or whatever, sometimes we have this immediate reaction and it, it doesn't qualify in everything with adults. It says, in everything. In my dealings with adults, in my dealings with children, in my dealings at work. Again, that's not necessarily the way society is built. That's not necessarily the way society is constructed. Um, surely this couldn't apply in the business world, right? Right? But it does. It does. With those I work with, with those I work for, with those that work for me, in everything, this principle of extending God's grace, because that's what I really want you to see this as, this principle of extending God's grace. Just like we want God to extend His grace to us, we should extend His grace to others. This principle of extending God's grace applies across the board. I saw hands. <clears throat> and I, no, I think that's actually, I think I would disagree with that because ultimately, Jesus does treat the situation of money changers in the temple in the appropriate way in that if someone was dishonoring your father's house, what would your reaction be? If 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 uh, would you would you just be like, oh, it's okay, and it's hey, I want you to understand that when your father's house is dishonored, this is the if my you're, you're dishonoring my father's house, I would expect the very same thing from you if I walk in and dishonor your father's house. So I think we can even view that as do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I, I, I'm going to defend my father's honor in his house, just like I would expect you to defend your father's honor in his house. And so it still is that idea of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right, he's not going to do it, but there, is, there isn't that qualification here. Uh, there isn't that qualification here like, well, if they're not going to treat you that way, then you're off the hook. There isn't that qualification here. And I think even in that situation, which is a very extreme situation, we're still called to show Christ-like character. It doesn't mean we don't stand against that. 
Because ultimately, if someone were persecuting me, I'd want someone to be able to stand against that. So there is, again, it's still this idea, even in those very difficult and very extreme ideas. I, I don't, like I said, I think this doesn't, this isn't qualified by anything. It just says, in everything. And ultimately, because it's that in everything, we have to look at, okay, let me have, because I don't get it in this very difficult situation how I'm supposed to do this. I need the direction that only the Holy Spirit can give. I need the direct. I started off by saying this idea of the golden rule is very hard. And when something is very hard, what do we do? We look for help. And in this situation, when this rule on our lives of Christian action is very hard to understand in a situation, my obligation is to... And I pray. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, because this isn't necessarily... This is not the way we are naturally inclined to react. And again, that's, that's the big thing. We are not naturally inclined to say... Oh, that's such a terrible thing, but I'm going to treat you good anyway. That isn't our natural inclination. That, okay, let me, that isn't my natural inclination. Maybe it's yours. Maybe you're built that way, but I'm not. And so ultimately, for me, this passage is about allowing God to do a work on the inside that reveals on the outside that I depend fully on Him. Because I couldn't do this on my own. In everything. In everything. Yeah, in every situation. And again, in everything, let's apply this golden rule, and it's going to sometime go contrary to our nature, but that's God revealing to us those places that are still rough in our lives that he needs to take some sandpaper to. And smooth them out. And sometimes he has to take that that 40 grit paper, because there's a lot there. Right? And then as he works in that area of our life, because again, this is in everything, he's like, okay, got some of that smooth. Now, now I only need 80 grit. Now I need 120 grit. Now I need two, 240? Is that what the next one is? I don't know. Yeah, some buffing cloths, and I'm shining this up. But I'm working in him because this is not easy for Orlando. But I'm transforming Orlando into my image. So I'm going to do this work in his heart. So that's the, that in everything. And again, this is what I was talking about earlier. Jesus is the prime example, just for the sake of time. We could, we could go on and on all day about how Jesus exemplifies this. He feeds the 5,000. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He spent 40 days in the desert fasting. Man, I'm hungry after 40 minutes, right? Y'all think we do this table talk for connection. We do this table talk because sometimes I need to finish my breakfast, right? So we, we, we do all these different things. Jesus fed the 5,000. He knows what it's like to be hungry. Jesus healed those who are sick. Jesus spoke to the woman at the well when no one else would. I love that about him. Uh, how does he treat the woman caught in adultery? He does say that go and sin no more, but ultimately it's let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And it's this idea of extending grace into a situation. And we could name these situations all day long, how Jesus exemplifies this in everything. Yes, he got mad 
as he turned over the tables in the temple. But I think that's still in keeping with the character of God and with what he is asking us to do. Um, so, uh, therefore, in everything, now we get this part. Uh, and we could do this several ways, and I'm not going to write the whole thing out because otherwise it would take me forever, right? But we could look at just the first word, do. I find it really interesting uh, that um, this actual exhortation is found in other places by other people in the negative. So it would say something like, do not do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Right? Jesus doesn't put it out there in the negative. He puts it out there in the positive. Do to others what you would have them do to you. What do you think that's all about? It's a command. I like that. It's a command. Somebody else, what do you think that's all about? Why does he put it in the affirmative instead of the negative? Say that again? That's exactly what I think. I think God is expecting us as Christians to take the initiative. We are a people of action. We're people of action. And God's not just saying sit by passively. Jesus is saying, get out there and get involved. Get your hands dirty. Get dirt under them fingernails. And we see this in Jesus all the Again, he exemplifies this perfectly. Because what does he do to the lepers? What would everyone else do to the leper? Avoid them. Hmm. But what does Jesus do? Jesus reaches out and says, you're not, you're not a leper, I'm just... You know. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but Jesus reaches out and touches them. And it's this idea that Christians do. Love does. Love is a verb. And so it's this, this whole idea starts with this, get out there. And don't just be passive about it. Don't just be like, oh, I'm not going to do this there because I don't want to. Be out there and show, actively show what the love of God is. I love 1 John 3.18. Someone read 1 John 3.18. Sorry, I surprised you with that. And someone else, look for James 2, 5-16. So 1 John 3.18, first one to get there can read it out loud. Mm. It's not just about saying it. Right? That's what this is saying. That's why this is, the, when he says do to others, he's just, he's saying, it's not just about saying it. It's not just about saying God extend his grace to you. It's about living it out. It's about doing it. It's about finding ways to get involved. I think this is important, especially as we view our communities. It's not just about, oh, well, let's not, let's not treat them bad. It's, hey, how can we do something? How can we actively participate? Because ultimately our active participation is a reflection of God who did not just sit in heaven and say, oh, it's a shame that those people are lost and broken. It's a shame that, man, it's a shame that sin entered the world. That's very, very sad. He actually actively did something. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's that do. 
He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Did you know I can't do that in anything but King James? Like, I can't do for God so loved the world. John 3.16 in NIV. I trip over it all the time. But King James, that's what I learned it in, and that's what stuck. Right? But it's this, it's this active, 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 active. And it's not just words. It's, it's deeds. And I think that's definitely key here. Yes, ma'am. I love that. There's this, in all of those translations she looked at, there's this imperative of do. Let's get involved. Sure, not do if it's convenient, not do if you like it, not do if you totally understand. It's just do. And then even, I love this because it reminds us that it's never all about us. Have you ever made it all about you? You know, we, sometimes you've, you've heard that, I'm going back to the heart of worship, right? And sometimes I think we, in church we should sing, and it's all about me. <laughs> it's all about me, right? Because sometimes it is all about us. But this verse makes it very clear. It's not all about us. It's due to others. It's about you. It's about them. It's about the people that aren't in this room, that aren't in this building, that aren't even in the family of faith. Because sometimes we are the only Bible that they will ever read. And when they see our, when they see us act in grace, they're getting a picture of God that they might not ever get because they'll never step into a church and they'll never open the Holy Scriptures. But they're getting to see grace in action. And can I tell you something? That is life-changing. Right? So, uh, uh, James. James chapter 2. I love this one, too. This is one of my favorites. James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Whoever has it can just read it out. Warm clothes or food. And they were like, man, I hope you stay warm. I hope your belly's full. And then walks away. Beautiful words but totally useless without the do. Without the do. Do. We'll have to, that's why we'll have to leave that off, but uh, let's finish this out. Um, Literally, we've got just a couple more minutes. Um, The very last part of the verse says, um, for this is the law and the prophets. So, uh, other versions, this sums up the law and the prophets. What's he saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's, the, there's something that I want you to understand as you see the... Uh, uh, this sums up the law and the prophets. What's the law? Anybody? So, it's not just the Ten Commandments. They would have understood the law as the books of... Yeah, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the prophets? We would think, oh, it's just like the major prophets and the minor prophets. But they would have had a different understanding of that. They would have had an understanding of every other book of the Old Testament. They would have considered Joshua one of the the earliest prophets. And so they, they would have gone from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. They would have gone from Joshua to Malachi. And so what they're saying is everything in the scriptures as we know them, as we have them today, because at that point they only had the Old Testament, is summed up in this. 
How? Say that again. Because God said it was. Yeah, I like that answer as a parent. Because I said so. <laughs> but I think there's, there's, definitely, uh, there's definitely something deeper like that. If you zero on this concept, you're satisfying the law. Instead of trying to follow each and every little nitpicky rule that some scribe had written down. I like that. Great. Great. Somebody else. Joe God, we love him is to honor him. And to honor him, we love his children. I like that. Here, let me put it this way for you. This is the way I would say it. Everything about the Old Testament, if we really look at the Old Testament, what's its purpose? It's to point us to Christ. It's to say, hey, you, God made this world perfectly, and then it fell into sin, and now it's broken, but it, here comes the one that will put it back, all back together. Here comes the one that will put it all back together. And when we, again, extend grace to others, we're saying, I've met the one who put all the broken back together, and he's given me his grace. And so now I, that's right, and then, then feed my sheep, feed my little lambs. And it's, again, it's this, I, I don't want you just to look at this and either look at it as something we've looked at forever. I want you to look at it and understand that this is a, a very active Verse that is compelling us not to just sit in our pews, but to find a way that we can display the grace that God has extended to us, to others. How can you do that today? How can you do that this week? Maybe it's changing the way you talk to someone who works for you. Maybe it's extending the waiter who got your order wrong a little bit of grace. Whatever it is, as we do that, as we really live out the golden rule, we're displaying the character of Christ. We're displaying the character of God. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Thank you for ministering to our heart and to our lives. We ask that we would have our eyes open to what you would like us to do, how you would like us to live so that we live in such a way that we display your character and become Bibles to those who would never pick one up. Again, we know that this is not easy and that ultimately we only accomplish this by the work of your Spirit in our lives. 